Welcome to the Equipping You in Grace podcast, hosted by Dave Jenkins. The Equipping You in Grace podcast is a podcast about helping Christians develop a biblical worldview in a conversational tone about issues inside and outside the church. Now, for today's episode, let's join our host, Dave Jenkins. Welcome back to the Equipping You in Grace podcast. My name is Dave, and I'm the host for this podcast. And with me today, I have my friend Christopher Ash. Christopher, welcome back to the Equipping You in Grace podcast, brother. Thanks for asking me back, Dave. Yeah, it's great to have you. Uh, a few technical difficulties before we recorded, and I, I really appreciate your patience. Uh, I'm looking forward to this conversation today. Me too. Can you uh, just catch us up briefly, brother, on what's happening in your life, marriage, ministry, and what are some of the current ministry projects you're working on? Sure. Carolyn and I live in Cambridge in England, and uh, we're currently under lockdown because of the the COVID thing. So we can't go and visit our grandchildren. We have seven grandchildren, God willing, this late, going to be born in in May, and we'd love to be able to go and see them. So that's sad. But otherwise, we're well, uh, by God's grace. My main ministry project is trying to write a big commentary, three-volume commentary on the Psalms and how we understand them and read them and pray them and sing them in Christ. So that's what I'm working on, and I'm trying to get to the end of volume one. So I've got a long way to go. Carolyn is um, is doing really well. She started writing some poems. She's written some beautiful, beautiful poems. Uh, just recently, we sent one out to our prayer partners. So we're in good heart and thanking God for his faithfulness, even in the midst of strange days. Well, it's wonderful to hear you guys are doing so well. And uh, I'm really looking forward to that project on the Psalms. I know that you're working hard on that and you love writing on the Psalms. So I'm, I'm looking forward to learning from you, brother. Can you uh, tell us a little bit about this new book that you've written, The Heart of Anger, How the Bible Transforms Anger in Our Understanding and Experience that you wrote with Steve? why you two wrote it and how you hope it'll be received. Oh, very gladly. Anger is such a, it's such a big issue in so many lives. I tell the story in the book of, of a young couple who broke off their engagement because of anger. Tragic. Just the other day, a, a, a mother emailed us in another country saying how she was struggling with anger with her growing children, partly because of lockdown. I think these lockdowns never had because of COVID have, have, have meant that people have been cooped up in the home and anger is a big, big deal. The book came about, I spoke for Steve, Steve Mitchley, he is the director of Biblical Counseling uh, UK, and in 2019, anger was the theme of their annual conference, and Steve asked me to speak on anger, and I worked hard at the Bible's teaching. There was a good response, and then uh, Steve and I talked and decided we would try to write a book together on this, and Steve contributes some really excellent, excellent material. We're hoping it'll help Christian thinking Christians and, and those who seek to counsel and help others, both formally and informally, um, with with anger. We try to sort of get, get, get a feel for the whole of the Bible's teaching on anger as best we can. 
Yeah, that's that's really good. I know uh, before we recorded, I said, you know, your book is sort of like Dave Pallison's, but, you know, obviously it covers, like you said before, when we were just talking off air, you know, it covers more of the whole Bible's teaching. And there's, you know, there's such a need for this subject because... I mean, even myself, I, in the past, I've struggled with, with anger, you know, you, you let frustration build and, and those types of things, and they just kind of, you know, um, it, it just grows and festers, and you don't deal with it, and then it gets to be a... It gets to be a big problem pretty quickly. So, you know, um, can you help us understand the main difference between righteous and unrighteous anger? Oh, very gladly. I'm glad you've asked that question. This is the anger book. It's a, it's a book that recognizes that most of our human anger is unrighteous, although sometimes it can have elements of righteousness. God's anger is perfectly righteous, and ours is at best a mixture. Look, I tell a, a, a silly little story about I was crossing a road and a, a, a car turned into the side road from another road without signaling, and I had to jump out of the way back onto the sidewalk. And I remember at the time feeling angry with the driver. And if you'd asked me why, I'd have said, well, they shouldn't do that. They shouldn't do that without signaling. It's dangerous. But actually, part of my anger was that I'd been inconvenienced. And so my anger was a mixture of righteous and unrighteous. And um, uh, our anger is at best a mixture. And often it's just plain wrong. I looked through pretty much all the Bible, really, for human anger. And you could count on the figures of, I think, one hand, really, um, the number of times people's anger was clearly righteous. Very, very few occasions. So, but it's not an anti-anger book. It does recognize that there is such a thing as anger that is um, purely motivated by hatred of evil. That is a really good answer. Uh, Very good. And and this kind of leads into the next question, which is, you spend considerable time talking about the wrath of God. How does understanding the wrath of God help us understand what righteous anger looks like? Yes, I do spend, I mean, all of part two of the four parts of the book, Steve and I devote to the anger of God. When you read through the Bible, you discover that more than half, well more than half, the times anger features in the Bible, it's about God's anger. So you've got to talk about God's anger. And I think it's really, really helpful to to see that God's anger is based on perfect knowledge, uh, whereas ours is always based on imperfect knowledge. It's aroused purely by evil, utterly fair, it's clearly forewarned, and it has good as its goal. And the, the most vivid examples of purely righteous anger are in the Lord Jesus himself, those times in the Gospels when Jesus is angry in Mark 3 against hard-heartedness, he's angry in the temple, cleansings when his father's honor uh, is attacked, he's angry at the grave of Lazarus uh, against sin and death. And if we want to see the the only completely pure of human anger, uh, it is on the lips of the Lord Jesus, and there we see the anger of God incarnate. Um, So it's really, really important, I think, to to understand that and to meditate on on that. It's a subject that people often want to deny. They don't like the idea of an angry God, but actually it's really good news. The terrible to live in a universe where God did not show righteous uh, anger. So that's, that's why... Part 
two is all about the anger of God. Yeah, that's that's such an important point. I mean, we have uh, nations here in America that want to do away with famous songs like In Christ Alone by the Gettys, and they want to remove the, the wrath of God from them. We have people that minimize the wrath of God, and yet, you know, in, in Revelation, for example, towards the end, we see, you know, the justice of God being, <coughs> you know, uh, being displayed on display, you know, in, in its full measure, you know, and of course, the cross, we see that uh, Jesus fully satisfied the wrath of God. And, and these two things are, are significant themes throughout the Bible. Um, you know, obviously, God's anger is is righteous and holy and perfect, and our, our anger is, is marred by, by sin. Um, but Christ is, Christ is perfect. He's sinless and calls us to, to grow grow in him and and um yeah there, there's some things like like i think you know we could be upset i always make a distinction when i say this there's a difference between being um you know upset about sex trafficking but if i if i go too far and want to strike that person that engaged in you know the sex trafficking then i then i probably have ventured into the arena of sin you know what i mean and and so we we just have there's just such a fine line between righteous and unrighteous anger you know the desire to bring somebody out of that sex trafficking is a good thing that's an honorable thing that's a holy thing being angry uh in a, in a righteous way uh, about the fact that that child was taken uh, away from the family and and sold into uh sex trafficking that's that's a that's a righteous thing you know but if i want to go and harm that person that took the child right then i've engaged in in sin and so there's a there's a really really fine line that we that between righteous and unrighteous anger. Mm, yeah, that's right. And leaving space for the wrath of God, as Paul puts it in Romans 12, really important. So that the wrath, the anger, the righteous anger of God, his settled anger against sin, is is very good news because it means that we don't need to take the law into our own hands. Um, now, that's a great, great thing. The authorities, when they're acting as they should, will punish those who do evil and reward those who do good. Um, and when they do, they are instruments of the wrath of God. So Paul tells us in Romans 13. So the righteous anger of God, it's dangerous if I think that I can exercise it myself, because I'll always get it wrong. But it's actually properly understood. It's really, really good news. Yeah, that's really, really well said. What are some first steps in diffusing human anger? That's a really good practical question. I dabbled a bit in sort of what anger management courses can offer. And some of it is of value. You know, there are sensible things there. There are sensible things in the common grace, wisdom of God, in anger management um, strategies. But um, they can't do what Christ can do in terms of a deep work of the heart. And one of the things we explore in the book is to ask the question, what does my anger reveal about my heart? Why am I angry? What is it that's causing it? And searching my heart to begin to understand my motives and to, 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 to pray that God would change my motives so that I care about the things I ought to care about. 
and uh, could, could care less about the things I ought not to care about. Very striking that the Lord Jesus was very angry on behalf of others, but when he himself was mistreated in his sufferings, his trial, and his passion, um, he showed no anger at all. It's an extraordinarily eloquent thing that he wasn't angry on behalf of himself, but angry on behalf of his father and on behalf of, uh, of, of people. So there's something very penetrating there. I, I, I love that comment that Martin Luther is supposed to have said to his friend Philip Melanchthon when um, the enemies of the gospel were causing a lot of trouble. And he said to, to Philip Melanchthon, well, Philip, let's sing Psalm 46 and let the devil do his worst. And there's something very healthy about that understanding and use of especially the Psalms, turning, turning things to, to prayer. And seeking help if there's somebody listening to this and behind closed closed doors, anger is a real problem. And we need to be honest and realistic about that. And I think I want to say if you're listening to this and you know that this is a problem in your home, uh, seek help. I, I heard of a pastor uh, the other day who shared with his church how hard he was finding it to forgive somebody who had wronged him. Somebody had wronged him, but he needed to offer forgiveness. But he shared with his church quite openly how difficult he was finding it to do that. And I think that kind of honesty in Christian relationships of friendship and um, accountability can be a really, really good thing. So if anyone's listening to this, and, and for you it's not just a theoretical thing, it's a personal thing, I would strongly encourage you to seek help from a Christian brother or sister or a pastor. Um, don't, don't just think that you can deal with it your, yourself. Brother, that's that's really really good, good, and um, I just want to echo that. You know, uh, having having struggled with anger in in my past, I one thing that was really helpful as a pastor one time said, you need to begin to see people um, through the eyes of Christ, and that just really slows things down. You know, the the more that you can uh, slow things down in your mind, especially if you struggle with anger, um, the better. So. Having lots of things in your tool toolkit, like seeing people through the eyes of Christ. Um, um, one other thing, a couple other things. Saying to somebody, "Hey, can we come back to this conversation in a little bit? Um, I need to go take a walk. I'm just feeling a little bit upset." That that can help you remove you from the situation in an appropriate way. And most people don't want to deal with somebody who's upset at the moment, right? So getting yourself uh, away from that situation is, is really important. Recognizing that that person is an image bearer and that they they need Christ too, just like you do, um, helps slow things down again. So, so the more ways, the more layers, if you do struggle with um, anger, in addition to talking with somebody about it, but having more uh, tools in your toolkit will just really help you. Um, and and obviously, the big thing is spending that time in prayer. If you're feeling really frustrated about COVID or the political process or whatever uh, it is, and I don't want to minimize whatever it is when I say that, but I just want to say if that's you and you're struggling today, like Christopher said, I would just say also just spend that time in prayer. 
cast your burdens on the Lord, as the Bible says. Um, spend yeah. time just reflecting on the grace and the mercy of Christ that you've received. And that, again, will, will help you to deal with the frustration. Um, you know, reading and praying scripture is, is really a good thing. And, uh, you know, reflecting on the grace and mercy of Christ, um, it'll, it'll diffuse the more things. I think what we're saying here is the more, th- the more tools that you have in your toolkit, that'll help diffuse your anger. Um, it'll dif- help diffuse your frustration and that'll help you to, to see the situation, um, in a better way where you can give somebody the benefit of the doubt. Whereas if you're angry, you're not going to give them the benefit of the doubt. And, and, and I, and I, because I've struggled with anger in the past, um, here's what happens. If you do get angry with somebody, it totally, uh, uh, it, that person, you're never, that person is never going to see you the same way. Um, you know, they're never going to think of you the same way. Um, they're never going to have the same level of respect. You're never going to have necessarily the same kind of influence in them. There's always going to be some sort of, and I just want to, I don't want to say that there's not any way for reconciliation or anything, but but because when trust is broken and you blow up at somebody, I, I, you just need to understand that 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 hurt. It takes a while for somebody to trust you. So if you can keep that in mind, in, in the back of your mind, um, you know, it helps me to understand that, hey, um, as a Christian leader, if I blow up at somebody, they're never going to talk to me in the same way that they would before. And so um, just, just kind of keep these things in your mind and pray about them and, and work through them. Um, you know, with with a trusted Christian friend and counsel, biblical counselor. You know, um, if if you need to find a biblical counselor, I would love to help you do that. So there's a lot that we could say about that subject. Okay, perhaps I could just come in there. Yeah, go for it. It's also the the very practical thing that things like tweets or Facebook messages or emails are really bad media for things with a with a hot emotional content. Yeah. And sometimes when I get a message I think, Oh, this is this is potentially just too hot and it's so easy to send something back which has just been heated up a little bit more. And those times where it's better just to send a message maybe we could talk about this. Ideally face to face, go for a walk and talk about it face to face because we, we say things and we say things on, on on digital media. It's so easy and we say them so quickly and you can't take them back. Once they're said, they're said. So there's a great deal of wisdom in in in, in praying for the Lord to, to set a watch over our lips, but also to set a watch over our emails and Facebook messages and tweets and whatever else we, we use. Yeah. You know, personally, um, I am on Twitter and all the social media. Um, I know there's people that aren't. And something I've had to do just for my own sanctification is not scroll. And it's been a real struggle, brother, for me, because I, I want to be, I want to find out what's happening in, with my friends and those types of things. And I've just realized, you know what, I, I just can't. You know, um, I just, I get too invested. I get, you know, upset and then I got to go pray and just chill out, you know, and then I don't post much on social media anymore anyway, other than a few things maybe here and there. 
And that's been so good for me because we can just become so invested in in those things. And they're not bad things, especially if we want to advance the gospel. But just knowing our own struggles and limitations and frailties and habits is just, it's it's a good thing. And it helps us to, to, you know, at times avoid the things that can set us off, you know. And um, that's just another thing that I would say, just a toolkit. Uh, another tool in the toolkit to be really intentional about for a lot of people. So, right. Yeah. How does uh, how does discovering joy in the peace of Christ help our help our anger? Well, we we, we called the final part of the book "Find Joy in the Peace of Christ," and it's really the goal of the book. We're hoping and praying that people will find joy in the peace of Christ. It's a book with hope uh, and things like the deep way in which the Lord Jesus Christ by his spirit begins to change our hearts and the way in which the fellowship of a Christian church uh, gives us not just models but encouragement and accountability and fellowship that can help us with these things. Anger is an infectious thing. You look at the crowd in Ephesus rioting in Acts 19 and it's very contemporary we live in a very angry society and anger is very infectious and it's a great thing when a Christian church is a kind of antidote to that that's a wonderful thing leaving vengeance to God uh, I love the way Paul um, quotes from Psalm 4 when he talks about not letting the sun go down on your anger in Ephesians 4 mm-hmm. you've mentioned earlier how the gospel humbles us the unforgiving servant of Matthew 18 and the more deeply humbled I find the more God humbles me with my own awareness of my own sinfulness and failings. Um, it, 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 I, I'm much less quick to jump up and start condemning other people and getting angry with them because I'm aware of my own um, sin and failings. Mm. So all sorts of very deep and radical ways in which the peace of Christ can bring us uh, joy. It's a wonderful thing, isn't it? You think of uh, someone like the Apostle Paul, who, before his conversion, was a very angry man, an angry man. And the Lord Jesus Christ changed him. And that's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Wonderfully said, brother. I mean, I, I don't think I could say it any better than you just did. So thank you so much. Um, where, where can people go to find out more about your work online, um, you know, on your website or other places? That's a good question. I'm afraid I'm not on social media. I used to be, but I'm not anymore. Can't blame me, brother. Well, I just found it was too much of a distraction, actually, so I've, I've come off. Um, Tyndale House, where I work, I'm writer in residence, Tyndale House in Cambridge, um, tyndalehouse.com. If you go there, go to the staff page and look up my name. There's a list of publications. St. Andrew the Great Church in Cambridge, where we belong. I'm uh, one of the preaching team, so you can find some preaching there. I think there are author biographies of me, um, probably on Crossway, maybe... Uh, PNR, Presbyterian and Reformed, and the Good Book Company. Um, I suspect there are autobiographies there, though I haven't double-checked on that. I think there's one on Amazon.com. So I think those sorts of places you can find out a little bit more. I'm not a great publicist. (laughs) But you are a very warm and thoughtful man, and I really appreciate you very much. So... Well, brother, there's a lot that we uh, could talk about about this subject just as we wrap up this conversation. Can you give us a few takeaways? Oh, happily. I think one is don't neglect this.
this. If, if it's a really important area of sanctification. You think of what the Lord Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount about anger and how serious it is uh, in terms of God's judgment. So don't neglect it. Uh, we sometimes focus in on particular areas of sanctification, and it's very easy to neglect others. But don't neglect anger. It's really important. And most of us, at some point in our lives, struggle with ungodly anger. Seek help. We've said this before. I've said this, and you've said this, um, Dave. Uh, particularly in sort of COVID times, your pastor won't know unless you tell him. So you, know, you do need to be intentional. Um, we, 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 your pastor won't be shocked if you tell him that you struggle with anger. He won't say, "That's amazing. I've never known any Christian ever struggle with anger before." Um, he'll say, "Well, thank you for sharing it. Let's talk and pray about it." And there is hope in Christ. There really is. Uh, it, it's no use somebody saying, "I can't change." Uh, it's true, I can't change, but Christ can change me. So, um, and I guess I probably should also say, get the book when it comes out, and I hope it'll be a help and encouragement to you. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, brother, I appreciate how thoughtful and and you are as a thinker and a writer and an author, and I, I very much appreciate your encouragement. So, God bless you. Thanks so much, Dave. Thank you for listening to the Equipping You and Grace podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate us on the app, and share this with your friends and family on social media. If you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at Servants of Grace, on Instagram at Servants of Grace, or by searching at Servants of Grace on Facebook. You can also find this episode and many others like it on the front page of our website, servantsofgrace.org.